Russia? <laughs> Fresh meat. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of Fab Four Free not, For All. Not exciting? No, it's not okay. at all. all uh, right. Welcome to another edition. No, it, 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 it's always exciting. You See, know, that's I our consider, second Bugs Bunny reference. <laughs> if we leave it in, people are going, what the hell is he talking about right now? We will leave it in. We though. will leave it in, though. Because right. we're not starting over. Yeah. Oh, God. It's always exciting. I'm considering that a given, Mitch Axelrod. A given. Are we doing like geom- geometry? That's a given. That's a given, Mr. Axelrod. That's a given. That's not an X, not an unknown. We're always exciting. And we're exciting. always a variable. There's always a variable. But we're exciting because we are Fab Four Free For All. I being your moderator for this episode, Tony Chiguano, joined by Rob Leonard. The exciting Rob Leonard. And finally, I being the boring Mitch Axelrod. <laughs> I was going to add that. You took, took I'm sorry. Hand. I being the boring Mitch Axelrod. Oh, there you go. And um, <laughs> for this episode, we're sort of going to um, look at a period of Re- time. Really? A peri- what about an exclamation point? An exclamation point. point. Uh, a little Victor Borga reference there for those of you. Wow. We're looking at the period of time shortly following, well, actually, at the end of the Beatles are wrapping up. Let's put it that way. The Beatles are wrapping up. Apple is going along. And this phenomena has now phenomena. begun. <laughs> has now begun. The Beatles are starting to issue solo records. Now, of course, we all know George had done it with Wonderwall music and electronic sound. John has been doing his unfinished music. It certainly was. Certainly was. But the time starts to come. Each of the Beatles start to put out. Music on 45s, and it doesn't say the Beatles on it anymore. May have writing credits that look familiar in one case, but um, well, they're not the Beatles singers. All the credits look familiar, but one Lennon-McCartney credit right. on one of them. So we're going to look at the Beatles solo first four, basically, and we're going to let let the conversation go from there. We will obviously move ahead and and backwards at points to see where they were coming from to lead to the single, where those singles were going to lead to, where we thought they may have gone. And and also, maybe could the Beatles covered them? There's that, too. Yeah. Could they have been Beatle tracks? Yeah. So, not to get a plug-in for my own show. Uh, wow. What show is that, Anthony? It's Beatle tracks. But you know runs what? On that I think you should have used a different language. I think Could they have been Beatle tunes? Yes, could they have been or Beatles songs? Beatles songs, of course. <laughs> All of us. Wow. Fridays, APM, WHPC, NCC.edu slash WHPC. Right, you can find mine archived wow. on archive.org. You can find <laughs> mine in the bathroom of any house. There you go. All right. <laughs> so the singles that we are actually going to use as our start points are Paul McCartney and Another Day, backed with O Woman O Y. And do we want to look at each song individually or do we want to sort of Spell out the four singles. No, and I then think we, we should go individually. Yeah. And then All we'll... Right. You should tell them right now what the four singles okay, are. Okay, the so. four singles, Another Day, O Woman, O Y. George Harrison's My Sweet Lord. Isn't it a pity? You notice I didn't say backed with. There was a reason. Bukus of Blues backed with Coochie Coochie. <laughs> and for John... Like for John, we're kind of looking at both Give Peace a Chance... Because do you really look at that as necessarily a solo single per se? It is, though. It's it not is. credited to it the Beatles. It is. It's not credited to the Beatles. It's Plastic Ono Band. It's Lennon McCartney writing credit. We know that that was really just a legality. A, gu- a guilty. A guilty thing. Guilty. A backed with Yoko's Remember, Remember Love. Remember Love. Sorry. Remember Love. And... Uh, also, you know, shortly thereafter was John's Cold Turkey back with Don't Worry Kyoko. And don't, we should say, though, that right after that was Instant Karma. Now, all those songs were released while the Beatles were technically still yep. together. So, so why don't we take on John first? Because we're kind of going there. Okay. And Mitch, go ahead with the oh, point okay. that you were making. Well, I was making the point of a lot of the, we said albums, you know, like Wonderwall and Unfinished. But John was really keen to put out songs while the Beatles were together. While the others really didn't in terms of singles. I mean, you know, don't count the promo single of Family. Family Way. Family Way. Thank you. I was thinking Family Affair. It was like Buffy's Which Paul wrote the music for George Martin Orchestra. Love in the Open Air. Yeah. 
which I think was a single. Yeah, it was. It was. So yeah. don't count all that. No. So John put out those three, which we said. Interestingly, no singles from Wonderwall, where there could have been. Maybe. But again, talking about John specifically, three singles before he really got to the first single, which was Mother, of the album that was put out after the Beatles had split. So do we really count them? We could talk about them, because if we talk about Give Peace a Chance, well, that's unfair. It's a moment in time. It's the bed-in. Right. So I don't think that's really, quote, an effort that we, we really should look at. That so are say, you saying? We're not saying, oh, there's Give Peace a Chance. That's where John's going to go in the future of solo. I don't think that's correct. Well, no, but, but it's an anthem. You know, yes. the, the, the verses are basically not necessary. It's, it's like selling a basically a commercial for peace. And if you listen to like a 30-second commercial, and if you look at Give Peace a Chance, that's really what it is. Yes. It is a commercial for peace. The verses mean absolutely nothing. Everybody's talking about, and, and you can fit fill it in. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. People they, did. They did it when they redid it in, what, 91. Yeah. They changed all that lyric over, but they still kept the chorus. So um, to me, it's almost like if the peace movement went to John Lennon and said, we need a 30-second commercial. And he came up with, all give we are saying is give peace a chance. Right. But then he decided to make a whole song out of it. Right. That's right. the way I look at that song. Lyrically. So maybe in, in terms of but it's a thematic, great, that's where he was going. Because right, most of the stuff he did in the early 70s was pretty much anthem and theme. Right. And, and, and that did become the anthem. We all shine on. For the peace movement here in the, in the States and in other places, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say about give peace a chance, too, about it being symbolic of a direction that John was going to go no, you're right. You can't say, oh, gee, he's going to do it next. That's his musical direction is give peace a chance. But it's a headline where there was an urgency. He's reporting on what's in the room. Right. He's reporting on what's going Literally. on. Literally. So he's John as the reporter. Which he did at, on the at, ballad of John and Yoko. Which he did on the ballad of John and Yoko, which he does on this, which he's going to end up doing on an entire album sometime in New York City. Right. You know, he's going to open the newspaper. He's going to put Instant Karma out in a couple of days. Yeah, but Instant Karma you know had a I mean? different vibe. That was, oh, we all totally. shine on. But he wasn't I'm reporting. Going, he was actually, no, that but, was a very up-tempo. But it was about urgency yes. still. Like, yes. John had this thing about. All of it was urgency. It was, give him. me some truth. It was, this is it. This is what's happening. And and we're gonna th- I'm going to throw it out as a single. Well, all of it was urgency until you got to Walls and Bridges. Then well, it really I wasn't anymore. I, I don't. My Keep on playing those minds. That's urgency. No, Make but, Love but, Not War. But as an album, I don't think it... Understood, but know. he always had elements of urgency in everything he did. Up through... Yeah. Really, uh, Double Fantasy, there was no urgency. There was no urgency in Walls and Bridges. Well, cleanup time has an urgency. He's trying to get his uh, act together. Yeah, but not the kind of urgency that he was talking about in the no, 70s. No, right. Well, I right. His life changed, and he matured. I, but I the think, first, we should keep with the singles. I think part of it was he was reacting to the peace movement, and he was also reacting to the fact he, he meets this new woman who many people thought were, was from outer space. Well, she's, she wasn't she's, still she's, that new by then, well, I guess. You know, yeah, it's only, yeah, right. You're looking only at a year. It's, it's a only year. a year. And you're right. She definitely had an influence on John, you know, I think mostly good. And they only married in March. Yeah. yeah. So, 69. Yeah. So I think that was part of it, too. All of a sudden, when you think of John and Yoko and how when they got together, it was so immediate. It sure. wasn't like they had a couple of dates or something. It was like two magnets. Yes. Just boom. Yeah. And I think it affected his music for, for mostly good. And it also made him much more direct. Don't Let Me Down doesn't get written if he doesn't meet Yoko. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very yeah, sure. direct song. Sure. And I think that's something that... You know, people forget sometimes. And just as a reminder, too, and I know it's relevant in a way, but Give Peace a Chance is released even before Abbey Road. Right. So, you know, John's whole thing of, I want a divorce, I want to be out of the Beatles first, and then being, you know, as the myth in the story goes, him being pissed off at Paul because Paul stole his thunder. Talk about urgency. You know, talk about urgency, right. I mean... John, if you want out, you're you're already carving the solo career. You you're the first one putting out the solo singles. So it's singles, interesting that yeah. he's he's already starting to he's dipping his toe much more deeply into the what's going on outside the world of Beatles 
than the other three are at that well, point. Hey, he Maybe started George... it with how I won the war. True. True. Really, other than that, I mean, Paul did the family way, but that's yeah. just, he wasn't in a movie without the other Beatles. That's true. John that's true. really carved yeah, that doing right soundtrack. away. Yeah, right. George did his soundtrack. Soundtracks project. are fine. I mean, that's that's like yeah. the Kiss stuff. You go back to Beatles right Well, after. it's also the idea that it's an affair outside of, you know, you're not you're not doing another rock album. No, 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 no. I'm yeah, doing but, a soundtrack. But when you talk oh, about okay. a movie, though, you, you did but, a movie without the Beatles. Yeah, but yeah. also at the yeah. same time, they all knew about it and, and were happy yes. for them. Well, because they were all they, on vacation they didn't, and holiday. They didn't right. care. That's If they would have thought maybe oh, this might lead to him leaving the group, they might have had a different... But sure. then again, sure. you know, it's, if, if they had said to Richard Lester, hey... You know, is there any other roles for us? Yeah, right, exactly. Guess what? They're going to find something. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? it's, it's not like how I won the war. Oh, gee, no, I'm sorry, Paul. I really don't have a place for no. you in this one. So, you know, they would have made Ringo him the, would be the dummy. Right, right, right. <laughs> nice. No, there was Paul a dummy been, in yes, the Yes, the dummy. Paul would have been the orange guy. Yeah, right. Anyway, but okay. So, um, you know, I mean, any other thoughts we want to put forward about, about Give Peace a Chance? We move on to Cold Turkey. And I'm moving on because, again, you know, with the other three Beatles, the singles that come out all come out post-Beatle. I think the other thing with John is that the, the B-side is, is his, his work with Yoko. Yes. And I think that's very important to John. Remember Love has that finger-picking sound, yep. which uh, was one of the last times he sort of used that type of picking. Uh, not the last time, but, you know, he was scudding away from that. And then, you know, Cold Turkey, and then Don't Worry Kyoko. Don't Worry Kyoko is, wow. is, if you take away, just listen to Ringo and John and, and Clapton's on that too. Yeah. That is smoking. Smoking. But think about it. Smoking. What did John do? He, he only put out singles that were true singles, non-album singles right. that had Yoko on the back. Any album singles had, had John on the back. Okay, that's, that's interesting. That's Until true. Double Fantasy. Until Double Fantasy, right. Yeah. But other than that, he, yeah, but they went back to it. But it was almost like, all right, if it's not from an album, I'll put Yoko on the back. Well, don't forget, too, album, it's also not just that timing-wise, but it's also these are all pre-Yoko's first solo album. That's true. Once Yoko had a solo album, Yoko got a single and John got a single. Right. I, I also so think the White was, Apples. I think it was also John's way of saying, hey, she's an artist, too. Look, she's on... I'm playing with her. She's singing. It was, Whether you like her singing sure, or not, sure. it's, it still was released as a B-side yeah. so maybe that's with a John point. on it. And it's also at that point, it was John and Yoko. Right. The one word. Yeah, one and word. And maybe that's you the know. point we should make here is that the opening three singles for John were John and Yoko. So right. arguably, those are not the, quote, solo singles. Maybe not. Well, there's a John with another really artist. Is, right? Mother may be the first quote solo. But if solo you go song. by the fact that it's an A side, you know. But Yoko's on "Give Peace a Chance." But it's Plastic Ono Band. It's Plastic Ono Band. So let me ask you a question it's, then. Yoko is on. Oh, she's when, a yeah, chance. The, yeah, when we talk about yeah. Paul, is Uncle Albert a solo single? Paul and Linda McCartney. Yeah. Right. Paul went the other way. And even Wings, that's a band. I mean, is that, but see, I think we're, we're getting no, too no, technical. No, 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 I know, but where but I'm we're just going in. But also, you know, we're talking about. Away from the Beatles. But we're talking about the idea that those first three singles, A, he's still with the Beatles. Correct. B, those are John and Yoko singles. So there are right. all circumstances and similarities to tie those but three singles are any together. of those three singles indicative of where John Lennon was going later with his solo career? Well, Instant Karma. That's where I think it kicks in. Well, still, but he doesn't go back to instant karma to that feel of a song. No, no, no. Until what? Free to people? Like where does he go well, with that it, full sound? First of all, sounding... Spectre comes in, and Spectre is co-producer on the next few albums. But even Spectre, I mean, look at the dissimilarity in the approaches that Spectre took. Oh, sure. To John's work sure. I at mean, that period. You know, he, he you didn't know. do Phil Spectre sound on a lot of Plastic Ono Band. And the argument with Plastic Ono Band is, was he even really there? That's true, too. Some people say that, you know, that was really kind of a load of crap, that he was there only in name, well, really. Well, he, he was there during the during mixing, period. So Yes, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you've got Spectre on Imagine... On sometime in New York band, City. sometime in New York City, and I guess sometime in New York City, you know, stuff like "We're All Water" has that instant karma, full, yes. heavy yeah. vibe. But even 
musically, Instant Karma is not a way that John was going to... You've got some really disparate-sounding... Cold Turkey and Mother maybe being the closest. Cold Turkey could have easily been a classic Ono band and fit Oh, absolutely. Perfectly. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, but Instant yeah. Karma wouldn't have fit on that, and it, no. would have, it wouldn't have fit on really any album of John's. It's it, a different feel. Yeah. Totally was, different feel. Instant Karma, it? no, I was going to say it would have fit on a much later record, but it even, it wouldn't have really. It wouldn't have. No. no. It's a no. period piece. It's a standalone piece. Well, it's piece. a standalone pop anthem. Yeah. I mean, you know, we go on later and there's also Power to the People and, you know, there's a couple of non-LP But those singles. are, again, anthems which are not anthems, on albums. not on albums. Yeah. But Power to the People could have been easily on Sometime in New York. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it would have fit perfectly. Yeah. But And it would have made it a better album. It definitely. I agree. Yeah. But... From a musical standpoint, I think of those first couple of singles, uh, I guess Cold Turkey could be looked at as the... Where he was going for Plastic Ono. For Plastic Ono. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. That's but really after better. that, he became no. a lot more poppy Though it's interesting with Cold Turkey, each version that he's done sounds different. Live Piece in Toronto... Is much more of a rock and roll song. Well, I think that yeah. was so new that I, they didn't even. And yeah. he had the band that never really played right. it. Right, and then know. he goes in and, and does the single version with Clapton, and it's edgier. It's it's not what it was at Live Piece. Well, it's Toronto. Alan White versus uh, Ringo. Right. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a totally like different. It's a different feel. Very different feel. And then uh, Live in New York City was a different version. And the version that's on Sometime in all about, New York yeah. is, is a different feel, too. All about the band and all about the fact of John not, I don't think, really inflicting his will to make it sound just like the record. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's ever his, his outright plan. Well, I agree with that. But if you think about that song, each version is really yes, very kind, different. I wouldn't say radically different, but... A very different enough where John Lennon radically different. Yeah, ah, yeah but each one is is enough Idiot. different where each one has its own feel. Yeah, I prefer yeah, and I, its own merits. I actually prefer the live piece in Toronto version. See, I, where they didn't know it and they just sort of jamming on it. Really, the thing about the single is the single's painful to listen to. The single actually, I think, evokes the. Let's face it; it's a song about coming heroin. off addiction, yeah. it's coming yeah. off this heroin. You know, kicking his habit. The single's painful. Yeah. To listen to. I mean, you you get through those things at the end, and you're just you're starting to, you know, you can't see me over the microphone, folks, but twitching. I'm twitching, and you you know you you start to twitch at the end of that that track. True. You know, it's like all right, enough, but, enough. But it's it's but not. But live piece in Toronto, you have especially on the LP mix, you have Yoko squealing in the background. Oh yeah, which chilling. That's making your the hair in your it's neck like, stand whoa, up. That's that's matching what the yeah. song's about. Yeah, it's really. Quite amazing because she was whether going through you, it too at the time. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but whether you like that or not, anyway, we should yeah, move true. on to uh, the next Beatle. The, our next Beatle. Well, we've we've looked at John, and let's. Uh, no, I was going to say the opposite. Let's right. let's jump over to. Let's see what Mister Starkey's up to. Lumdy 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 lum. Wow, talk about the antithesis of where he was going. Where he was going, right. and maybe where we would love him to Still make a go. stop once maybe in a while and revisit. Damn it, Ringo, we know you're listening. Come and on. Ringo, now I, now we are ignoring the fact that Ringo did step out while the Beatles were still together. And did Sentimental Journey. No singles, though, from the album. No singles. But again, I, I made the mistake earlier of implying that only, you know, the two soundtracks were the two albums released by yeah. by Beatles while the Beatles were still together. But Sentimental was but, a very, <clears throat> very big departure for any Beatle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and Paul would, you know, 30, 40 years later, take the lead on that. Isn't that hysterically funny that, like, of all things, Ringo was the one that was ahead of, you know, Rod Stewart and everybody else? Ringo, and, Ringo sits back and laughs at him. Yeah. Uh, now, again, I'm I'm going to sort of talk about putting this on the fence here. I just was quickly look. The date of release of the Sentimental Journey album is 27 March 1970. So, so if you want to weeks. argue that April 10th is the official, you know. It was, technically, it was yeah. released be while the Beatles were, were still together. together. Because yeah. what, December 31st was the uh, filing by Paul, right? December 31st of 70. But yes, but well, even, in, lawsuits but lawsuits even in January of 70, they were mixing I'm Mine. Yes, oh, well. and there was still talk in Rolling Stone that they may get back together. And you know, yeah. this blah, is only temper, blah, 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 blah. So it's before April 10th and the big F you from Sir Paul. 
But it is right on the cusp of, of the Beatles breaking up. But Ringo then goes over from Sentimental Journey, puts an album together called Bukus of Blues. See the Fab Four Free For All episode on Bukus of Blues. Well, no, and listen to it, by the way. Listen don't, to it don't also. Just don't see just it. see it. Actually, listen to the episode. And puts out that album's title track as a single, which is Bukus of Blues, back with Coochie Coochie. Never, ever, ever. Did you think that Ringo was going in that direction? No. Or did you? What, with Act Naturally? And... There you go. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. But solo-wise? Well, well, why the hell not? Where do you think he's going to go? Under a rock. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I know, I mean, I'm, no, all kidding aside, everybody always said we felt bad for Ringo until he started putting out number one hits. And... But, but here's the question, too. I mean, I always find that humorous, too. So what if Ringo had decided to put out singles and became like... The friggin' drummer in Stephen Stills's band. Like, how bad would that have been in the Nothing, long run? Nothing, but, but as but you know, or, the other three were putting out hit singles, and he'd be the drummer. It might have looked bad, I mean, but as it turned out, he had a little help from his friends yeah, with but the surprise, song after. But, yeah, but, but surprise, that's surprise. not the reason why it charted. Right. Know. No. Yeah. Right. No, uh, Bukas of Blues, my opinion, no, it's true. It didn't reflect where he was going to go. It actually charted in the U.S. Yeah, number eighty-seven. Well, it's it's we've it's we've a good song. Gone and it's still over, Ringo. It's a wonderful track. It's still Ringo. Uh, very Nashville. Very in, very in Nashville. Canada. Thirty-five man. That's pretty wild. He had a top forty single. Well, Canada, in Canada was big on country. Yeah, yeah it's prairie. You, Way you, more prairie you, than we are. And we've said this, and we'll say it again too. You wish that. At least a couple of more country songs along the way. Sure, you or know. just another. Just damn it, Ringo, do another country. We did album. ask him about it. Yeah. Well, he said, thing about, he said F you. you know, <laughs> he said he, but we said, yeah. But if you think, think about, about, like, you know, the artists, Darius Rutger and Cheryl Crow's now sort of edging over to... Rucker. Rucker. What did yeah. I say? Rutger. Rucker. I sound like he said Rutger. Oh, no, you're right. So Rutger Howard. I, I was thinking of uh, Rutgers University. And, and Cheryl Crow is doing a little more country. Sure. Though if sure. you listen to her, it's the same as what she's been doing the last yeah, four albums. Yeah, of course. So it's just that they're just saying, yeah, we'll call country it country. Rock. So it gets placed on the country serious and you, stations. Right, exactly. That's right. all. So you get more. But you wish airplane, Ringo yeah. would do more of it. And but you're right. It's not where Ringo is going because but, the next single. Oh my God! Right. You have to. Out of the you box. have to wonder now. Wait, I'm just going to throw this out. Think about how Bukus of Blues happened. Okay, Bukus of Blues happened because he met Pete Drake. Right. Pete Drake suggested to do a country album. Well, they talked about Nashville. They Skyline. talked about Nashville Skyline, right? Ringo, you know, such and such. You want to do a country album? Great. Pete Drake says, "Don't worry, I'll get it all together for you." Pete Drake goes, gets the songs, right? Gets the Nashville guys to write the songs, gets Ringo in the studio, records the tracks. You know, they record the tracks together. What if like another current country guy turned around and said, "You know, I grew up loving Bukus of Blues. I'm gonna." Get a band together, call Ringo and say, Ringo, I got a band. I got 15 songs. You want to come in and do a country album? You think Ringo would be like, well, what the hell? Maybe. You know, I mean, that'd be really cool. It's basically what he did for Bukas of Blue. Yeah. So I'm thinking, why not Lightning Strike Twice? The only uh, thing I can think of is now can't Ringo fight can't fight Lightning. He's, he's much more involved with the writing of the album now. You know, Ringo basically co-writes sure. everything now. Sure, or, And co-produces. And now co-produces. And but it's not like somebody asking him to do a disco album. It would be a country, you know, come in and do a country record. You got a bunch of Nashville guys and who wants to, I don't know, Vince Gill wants to help sort of or something. Disco album. He sort of did. But, you know, I was thinking of like bringing Elton John in and doing that horrendous victim of love thing or something. Oh, yeah. that's great. I love that album. Oh, stop it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I, I digress. But still, but so Bukus of Blues. Then, yeah, but then. Coochie then, Coochie. Yeah, well, Coochie Coochie we don't have to talk about, but. I actually well, like Coochie Coochie. I do too. It's okay. Yeah. It's a nice jam. Yeah, it's a fun little it, jam. Never appeared on an album. But Wasn't then, on CD until recently. Yeah. He blasts out of the freaking box. Yep, Roo. Oh, my Lord. With my, not oh, my Lord. That was later on. Yeah. Uh, but it don't come easy. Whenever yep. I, I got to be honest, I know it's George playing the opening riff. But whenever I hear that cymbal, you know, and yep. then you hear the riff. It's to this day, it sends yep. chills up my spine. Absolutely love that. When I hear the, it on the radio, it's like, ah, uh, that's it. That's and, a great and, and riff. As a kid, one of my favorite, favorite singles of all time. It, still, it still, still is. is. Yeah. You still yeah. put that on, and, and it's still a great yeah. pop record. And yeah. George's uh, riff on that. Yep. And we no, sort of know he's helped a little bit with the writing. Yeah. Yeah, just a yeah. little. Just a little bit. And, you know, there is a version with him singing it. 
Yeah. And the but Harry Krishna backing vocals, yeah, which yeah. if you actually listen with the headphones, you can hear. You can hear you Harry can Krishna. Hear, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, it's I did funny. it with my band for a lot of years, too. Yeah. I got to tell you, out of all the Beatles so far, this song... It don't no, come that e- was on. I no, know, I knew, and as soon as I said yeah, it, you know, you geek. go ahead. But it don't come easy was the most indicative of where any of the other three Beatles were going to go, because if you look, then there's Backup Boogaloo, Photograph, Yo 16, Oh My My, all rock, all doing well, and he he never goes back to act naturally with Buck Owens till '89. So I mean, wow, it don't come easy. Really was where. Essentially, a tra- Essentially the, the where, trendsetter. Yeah, and where Ringo was going. Right. And, and in al- his solo career. Right. And also a track that the Beatles easily could have covered. Oh, absolutely. God, yeah. Can you imagine if this was the Beatles, uh, put out as the Beatles, and Ringo was the lead singer? Right. It would have been a number one song. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Big, I mean, absolutely. already it went to number four in the U.S., number one in Canada. They right. love them in Canada. It went to number four. It would have easily gone to number one if absolutely. you talk about But with John songs, you can't see the Beatles doing Give Peace a Chance. No. Or Cold Turkey. No. No. And I and, can't and, see and John and George karma. sitting with another day. Well, George is on Instant Karma. Maybe that could be a Beatles song. Yeah. Oh, possibly. Instant Karma, possibly. Based on the chorus. Yeah. Based on the chorus. Interesting. All right, well, we have looked at two of the Beatles' early solo single releases. We've had John... No, we've looked at the solo single releases of two of the Beatles. What did I say? We've looked at two of the early Beatles solo singles. <laughs> no, it's... We've looked at the early solo singles of, of two, two of, of the, the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, it sounded wow. weird. I was like... And uh, with that, that seems like the perfect opportunity for us to take a quick break here on yeah, Fab very for break. Free For All, which will return in just... 20 minutes. A moment. Hey, everyone. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. And we have done it again. The guys have gotten copies of the two new reissues, Wings at the Speed of Sound and Venus and Mars, from our friends over at Concord Here Music to pass along to you. We've gotten two sets of these new reissues, and we want two of our listeners to win this great new set of newly remastered, newly released Paul McCartney albums. If you'd like to be eligible... Send an email to fab4freeforall at aol.com and in 25 words or less, tell us why you think you deserve to win your copies of Wings at the Speed of Sound and Venus and Mars. That's right, 25 words or less. And it's not that we expect anything poignant or meaningful. We're just too lazy to read more than 25 words. Actually, all entries will be included. So if you'd like your chance to win, send an email, fab4freeforall at aol.com and in the subject heading place wings contest and that's from your friends here at fab Four free for all and of course our friends at concord hear music and we're back on fab Four free for all and uh we are talking about the early solo singles of uh the four beatles and uh sort of where they came from to get to that point of those first singles and whether or not those four singles were indicative of where they were going to go, and uh, let's continue with <laughs> Mr. Harrison. Oh, Harrison. And we're going to look at George, who was about to <laughs> essentially explode onto, well, you kind of use that phrase with the don't come easy, but. Um, Verbal diarrhea. Yeah, this is this is our boy George. Um, boy George. Nice. Now, this is our boy George kind of. Um, Dominating. Dominating, saying, "Wait till they get a load of me." Yeah, if you think about what was going on there, George Harrison was really the dominating one with all things. I thought he was the mystical one. Well, <laughs> he was, but he that that album compared to what else was coming out. You know, Ringo hadn't had an album out yet. McCartney was very clown. Yeah, it was, and it was also the album. You know, it didn't have the impact. Right, all things must pass have. And we didn't get to that yet. I know. And Plastic Ono Band was about to come out. Uh, you know, well, they came out around the right around the same time. Right. And it was three records, even though one's a jam album. Um, but there was a lot of things on All Things Must Pass where, if you weren't paying close attention, you're like, oh, who's this new guy, George Harrison? Right. You know, it's right. You know, he had one of the biggest singles of the year. The album was a huge seller. Sure. For a three record set, it was even you know more impressive. 
and and I'll toss out this concept too. Uh, both John and Paul were quick to give us non-LP singles. George had enough material certainly to have th- thrown out. You know, he'd written enough material, had a backlog of songs, right? To have thrown out two, three, four non-LP singles while he let this album cook, and then maybe done this as a double with Apple Jam and one album, right? But he chose to make a statement with this record. You can really only put it that way, uh, that this album is a statement. I think it was know. more of a statement to the other Beatles than to the world. It was both. Yeah, maybe. I think it was I think it was an exertion, exerting his own, uh, trying to raise his confidence level, too, absolutely, and say, uh, it, you know. There's a, there's a great feel on this record that he is saying, here I am. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think if he'd split it up, you know, like what you were talking about, it wouldn't have the same impact. If like it was released today, they'd say, well, you can't have two CDs released at once. Right, You must split it to one of one. Yeah, of course. Which would totally change the record. Now, in this instance, again, it's different timing-wise. The first single comes, and the Beatles are already officially apart. Yes. And that is, you know, important. We do have to remember and add one thing here. Unlike the other Beatles, and this is what, it, what gets confusing, the first single, and we're, I'm leaving this out, the first single is My Sweet Lord, Isn't It a Pity? Right. Technically, again, something the other Beatles have not done, it's a double A side here in the U.S. Okay, does that matter? My Sweet Lord is the one that takes off like a rocket, you know, out of the starting gate. And also, I have to add that the follow-up U.S. single was actually the B-side in the UK, which is What Is Life. So two different singles, again, US versus UK, we're heard worldwide, we're not isolating to just the US catalog. So My Sweet Lord, Isn't It a Pity? My God, this is also George's spiritual statement, uh, which really we know, if you think about it, what we know about George from the spiritual thing is only his connection to the Indian faith, and, and you religion. Think sitar. And you think sitar. When you connect George to faith in any way, you're thinking about George the Indian, studying with a guru. You don't really connect George with the... Because no one's been listening to the Let It Be recording sessions. No. Yeah, no one okay? The mo- there's no indication even in the movie. So My Sweet Lord is kind of the first time you're hearing George with this Lord thing. But it's coming out at a time where, let's face it, even though he got the lawsuit for He's So Fine by the Chiffons, George himself always says that the song was really based on Oh Happy Day by the Ebon Hawkins singers. So you've had some religious overtoned records on the charts. But you also don't think of George doing religious performance in a pop song. Again, you're thinking sitar, more of an Indian. Absolutely. Pe- now, all of a sudden, this is a straightforward pop song. Right. Right. Very you know I mean? gospel it's, it's still got, Oh, yeah, but it's still pop. Sure. You know, it's got the 4-4 four, four time, and it's, that's, you know, it's not the raga style. It's not, you know, Indian. It's, it's, it's almost like George's insecurity because he said he didn't know, if I, should I put this out? And, you know, and what will people think? But he did it in a way where... People knew George was involved in, in some sort of spiritualism. Sure. And and he did it in George Harrison style, which it was pop. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, he tried to slip one through like uh, Govinda. Right, right. You know, I mean, if he had tried to do it in that style with My Sweet Lord, it may not have worked. But okay. Govinda was a hit, though. In, yes, in yes but you know what I mean. But here's the funny part of it, though. We're, style we're talking of, about, like in the episode, we're talking about this idea that does it show where they were going? Does it show where they were coming from? This, in a way, is kind of a left field thing because, yeah, George had something in, and Here Comes the Sun. We knew George had this soft, beautiful ballad side and this acoustic Here Comes the Sun side. And he also had Within You, Without You. So I think George coming out with a solo record had people thinking, wow, what the hell is this going to sound like? I think Isn't It a Pity as the B-side, though, says yeah. a lot about what was going on in George's it, his head. head. You know, yeah, in a way, the harbinger of things to come because he never, sh- you know, then sue me, sue you blues. Right. And this guitar can't keep from crying. George kind of never stopped reporting with a little bit of a whine in his voice. But also, it's a pity is yeah. sort of 
sort of challenging the top 40 people in a way yeah. that, here's my sweet lord. Oh, you're afraid to have my sweet lord? Okay, here's the flip side at seven yes. minutes. Yes. That's and, very funny. That's and interesting. And hey Jude was seven minutes, but that was a much more different song. It was a, had choruses and, not choruses, but it's two separate songs really is a seven minute song. Isn't right. it a pity? It goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's and true. It's a great song and everything. But he's sort of saying to the, the top 40 guys, okay, you, you have your choice. Yeah, it's right. a double-A-sided single. Yeah, pick your poison. You want the yeah, Lord but, or you want know. seven minutes? Yeah, but here, here's the other thing. The next single, What is Life? Right. Right now, people are, are just hearing... They're not hearing... No, no, no. No, no. It's still the spiritual side of George. Because he's not talking about a woman here. No, He's talking about God. What is life? Without your love. Without your love. But most people are not connecting that. Most people think it's about a woman. Right. So he's really fooling the public because he's still doing his Lord stuff, but in a much more rock way. Right. And so in one way, My Sweet Lord is an outlier because it's out of left field. But in another way, it's exactly where he was going because... He's still talking in, in, in the spiritual sense, but just disguising it with rock music. So in a way, we could probably say thus far of the three, George's single, and I think we'll probably see the same when we move to our next and final Beatle. George's single is probably the most indicative of where he was going to go. First really. single. Yeah, because Ringo yeah. after, after Buku's yeah. was then indicative, but... George, out of the box, was pretty true to where he was going. Because right. Because My Sweet Lord, even though it was a Lord sentiment, a God, you know, spiritual sentiment, uh, it still was a rock song, and, and he kept going with that. It wasn't just, you know, something different. So right from the beginning, he was just regurgitating everything he had from, you know, yeah. years. And yeah, I think absolutely. My Sweet Lord is a, is a good start. It's interesting point. that My Sweet Lord, because of the way it was written, I mean, it was written with Delaney Bramlett you know, sort of putting the seed in his ear of, of writing the song like, you know, Happy Day and showing him how to write a gospel song and yada, yada, yada. But it's not a song that was toyed with during Let It Be. It was a new production because a lot of the songs on All Things Must Pass or Let It Be Let had been hanging around for a little while. So it's interesting that George didn't take one of those songs that had been nagging at him for a year. Well, he met and make that he was toured with Delaney and Bonnie and friends and which means yeah. Eric Clapton. At the end of 69, the first right. week of 69. So, right. you know, Let It Be was already over. Yeah, so. yeah. But so this was, I mean, where I'm going is this was fresher. Yeah. You know, he took something as the single that was fresher as opposed to going back. Yes, that's true. You know, it, it, you weren't getting All Things Must Pass as the single. Right, which is something. Which had been hanging around for right. a long time. Right. So. Well, that could right. have been a single. Oh, yeah. As yeah. I said, another show. In another show. Yeah. So, all right, are we, does that wrap it up with Mr. George? Yes. Yeah, basically. All right, yeah. so let's move on to uh, to Sepul. Wow. Yeah. What do you do with this? I don't even know where to go with this because I'm going to say it right now. The first single, uh, forget about the B-side. And look, we've got to remind everyone that there was, I think we mentioned this earlier, there was no single from McCartney. Right. Maybe I'm amazed did not come out until years later. As I'm just going to mention alive. the single. So yeah. uh, another uh, again, leaving out the B-side for now. Another day, Uncle Albert. Give Ireland back to the Irish. I'm, I'm talking U.S. Mary had a little lamb. But start with the first. Let's. I know. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just going in order because there was really a lot of dreck until a certain period. Yeah. No one knew where the hell he was going. And to be honest, another day. Wow. I mean, it's a good song. Right. But it's pure saccharine McCartney. I know. Um. You know the notes. Oh, he's. You know, he's talking about the plight of a woman. You know. Yeah. And, and yeah. I understand. He's yeah. reporting. Definitely, you know, sort of the, I think Denny Sywell called it the Eleanor Rigby in New York City. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good what way it was. Of it. it is a good look, way of looking at it, but it is and it isn't Beatley. It's not. It really, right. In a way, it's not right. Beatley at all. And in a way, it is. It's so weird. If you want to consider. Well, another day he was working on. he. So that came up at least one time during the. Yes, other piece absolutely. Of He's playing yes. it on piano. Yeah. On piano, a correct. Lot. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. But I don't think it would have if, been a good Beatles song. You know what? Would have, you know what the Beatles thing would have been? And I hate to, but the Beatles it would have been closer to get back. It would have been a gallop, I, I, a la certain parts of the song itself. When yeah, it goes I can to see. Do, I can do, see. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. Yeah. It would have been. Or 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 maybe or maybe a two of us kind of vein where John had to harmonize the beginning every day, you know, and then they harmonize. Right. So it's it's a weird dynamic. It's really a weird song for Paul to put out as his 
first solo single. And also, think about it. Paul hadn't put out a, a single from McCarty, so he goes like a whole year without being on the charts. Right. That's a long right. time. Well, for him, that's yeah, on the single, single charts. Yeah. But he had had the last two Beatles vote, the last three Beatles vocals. That's true. As a sides, he had had "Let It Be" "Long and Running Road" to get back. So, but get back was well, be, no, John no. Yoko. Yeah, Ballad John, John Yoko, Yoko and something. And then something. Yeah, so, right. So, really, the right. two. Yeah, you had yeah. two. But he had so, the, so, the last two. Yeah, right. I guess if you want to consider that. But but you, but think about the album Ram when the album first came out. We now look at it as a very typical Paul McCartney album with these there's ballads and there's rockers and everything. But when that first came out, he, he it got a lot of bad, a lot reviews. of bad press, and and it's that's changed over press. the years and and. It's interesting because another day, an old woman, a wife, fit on Ram perfectly. Yes, and yes. till the reissues where he put them on on the bonus tracks. Yeah, you know, they they sort of fit on that record. Yeah, sort of. But uh, yeah. but another day is is uh, wow. It's, yeah, it, it did well. I mean, so but it's just a weird. But also, single. He, he is Linda on those on the backing vocals during the chorus? The oh stay. Linda, I think Linda's on. That is Linda, yeah. vocally. Yeah. Sorry. So again, maybe at least that is very much a harbinger of things and, to come. And, yeah, it is. I mean, and, Linda and he doing harmonies together. That's not on McCartney. Not that as, doesn't not happen. As prevalent. Oh yeah, that's true. No, you're right. She's, she's, she's on, on, and she's but on. But it's not like. Of, but it's not like the way she's. Well, she's mixed on in. "Man We Was Lonely." Oh my yeah, lord, yeah. you yeah. can yeah. tell. Yeah. She's on "Man We Was Lonely." Right. She's she's really up front. And, and then isn't she on "Teddy Boy"? Or no. I don't remember. Is that her or him? I don't remember. I don't know, but either, but yeah, that's true. But I mean, single wise, at least as a single, yeah, that that's a harbinger of things to come. Is the Paul the and then, Paul and Yoko then he harmonies. gives then he gives uh, her, Paul and Yoko. Oh my God, you, you guys wow. both let that go. Wow, well, no, I you jumped Paul in and Yoko could, harmony. Really, wow. I would have killed you in a second. Wow, Hiroshima, Hiroshima skies blue, whatever. There you go. But it, also, Paul then gives Linda co credit. Uh, yeah, well, that's a legal maneuvering. Yeah, it was legal, but also, you know what? It was a legal maneuvering, but at the same time, he did it. You know? I'll take it. Yeah. You know what? I'm sorry. I, what do you say? Is is the muse... Not, even if he looked at it and said, gee, Linda's a woman. She's fortunate. She's been from a good family. She's with me now. She let's Linda and he maybe were having a late night talk about the plight of all the other women in all the home, you know, and maybe that's what made him go right another day. So do you then say, well, gee, Linda gets co-writing credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure George Harrison was saying, "Well, geez, I wrote all those riffs, you know, uh, for the singles and stuff, you know." Uh, Rat bastard could have given know, me credits. I didn't get any credit for that thing. If, you know, I didn't get in, any writing in credits. the movie Living in the Material World. Paul McCartney mm-hmm. says, "Oh, and George came up with the riff around I love her." That's great. You know, Paul, send a check, hey? You know, so <laughs> giving credit is is giving credit. You know, whether you're actually doing anything is something else. Interesting. Very interesting. I just think that if you look at the next singles, like Uncle Albert, it's very Broadway, very... Um, but Uncle, yeah, but no. then again, no. Not, not Broadway, it's, but... It's theatrical. I'm sorry. It's theatrical. Theatrical, thank you. But you know what it is, though? It's also a suite, which was Paul's... Which Paul... That's Paul's... He loved doing it, yeah. He yeah, loves that. my God. That's his, his uh But his specialty. true his rock wasn't coming until 73, meaning single-wise. Yeah, and run. again, you've, we've talked about the B-sides for all the other singles. We didn't talk about this one. The flip of another day is O Woman, O Why, which, until you actually look at the lyrics written out, you actually think is a really good song. I advise you never to try to read the lyrics of yeah, O Woman, O Why. Just enjoy the groove, the groove. And, and, the, you know, and the freak out that, you, I mean, it's, yes, it's a little weird, Paul, with the gunshots, a little strange. Yeah. But, you know... Hey, Joe, where you going with that gun in your hand? Down by the river, I shot my baby. Blah, 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 blah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Would the gunshots be offensive to you if John Lennon wasn't killed by gun? Um, no. No, probably not. You're right. Only because I equate the song with, with the Hey, Joe and, and Down by the River. Right. And you. So if you look at it in that perspective. No. No, not at all. You but know, because it's, of it's, the circumstances, we like, oh, you can't a gun. Ooh. Well, also, Look at the pictures then, of Ringo from 1965 in L.A. where he's got the gun on his head. Right, I mean, are yeah. we now offended? Because, no, that was just fun 
photo shoots. And, and also, no pun intended. And also, too, it's before Felix Papillardi's wife got a gun for Christmas. And then, anyway. Oh, uh, hello. But, hello. Yeah. No, but, my, yeah. my favorite is David Crosby with that American flag gun to, gun his, to his head. head. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like 71 or something. Wow. That's yeah, that an was absolutely for a brilliant reason. image. Yeah. 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 But A Woman O Y is is a bluesy rocker. I kind of like it. I, I, do I do too. It's it's a bluesy rocker. It's, you know, about whatever it is, four and a half minutes or four plus minutes, I think. And it's got there vocally, aside from honey pie, wild honey pie, and why don't we do it in the road? That's the first time you're hearing the like that gritty, <laughs> you know, that really like grit terrier throat off Monkberry Moon Delight McCartney vocal. Let me ask you a question. So that's a harbinger of things to come. Let me just put something out there because we can. Go ahead. That's what we do. That. That's okay. what we do. Let's assume no theatrical. Uncle Albert. And instead, he flips it over and says, too many people is the letter A on this single. Wow. Um, and Uncle Albert is the B-side. I think he still gets his chart. I, I think, think he still gets a chart. I, I think he, well, Uncle Albert went to number one in the U.S. Uncle Albert was a brilliant single when I was a kid, and you heard that, we're so sorry. Well, that's the, that's the beginning, well, yeah. When you're a kid... You're pulled in because you know that there's a story. Maybe. You may not follow it, but I when you're a little... But, but it, it all weaves together with the music. It's just... Yes, absolutely. It's know. just a brilliant... It's, it's a brilliant no, suite. No, I, I agree with you, but um, it, but let's just say that maybe it's the third single. But, you know... And, but, and he puts out too many people as the A-side. But Piss Off Cake would have... Piss Off Cake would have caught my attention, too. Piss Off Cake! I understand. I mean, that would catch you. You know, when you're a yeah. kid or when you're, you know, he's going to do a song about cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nine. He's going to do, Paul's going to do a song about cake. I like um, cake. I like cake. Cake's good. I like cake. good. But, Let's do a song about a cupcake. <laughs> cupcake. But, um, cupcake. no, I think too many people would have charted. I do, I do too. If you flip Maybe it. not number one, but I think it would have no, done so. really well. I, top I, I don't think he would have put it out as a single. I think. Well, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. But I think the reason is, is he, if it was aimed at John. You think it would have been too in your face? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. and as much as think that they were would. fighting, you know, there was also you, you hear little stories about how they would send each other notes yeah. or yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. And I think it's one thing to write too many people and, and put it on RAM. It's another thing to put it out as a single where true, uh, you know, true. regular people, not fans. I'm not talking about the say, message, oh but I'm just thinking as a single, it would have done well. Yes. And it would have been, I I think it would have helped his career a little bit because instead of being the, again, I read all the list of what. The wimpy guy. Yeah. The wimpy beetle. I mean, who was getting, you know. Silly love song. I mean, hold on, everybody. Wait wait a moment. I'm going to get to Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah, I'm going to get to Mary Had a Little Lamb. But But that was a a response to High, High, High. I understand what it was. But High, High, High was a a real rocker. That's a real rocker. Okay. Hardcore. Okay. I mean, granted that you're in 72 by now, so we're drifting. Yeah. But but he only had a few singles prior. So yeah, that one, you know. yeah. Now an- so, another day and a woman a why is very indicative of what was going to come from Paul for the most part. You're right. I mean, another day was going to come back in daytime, nighttime suffering. Right. Yep. A woman a why is going to come back in Monkberry Moon Delight. It's going to come back. So many, in, you know, as you said, using that McCartney rock vocal. The McCartney rocks. And Mary had a little was coming back in Once Upon a Long Ago. Yeah, but improved upon quite Much dramatically. I didn't say it wasn't. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's you're right. Except for his excursions, like with the firemen or stuff like that, this is basically what he's going to sound like. Yeah, so. yeah. So, any other thoughts on the uh, Beatles' early It's very singles? interesting when you, when you really think about the first few from each Beatle. It's, yes, and see where. It, it, oh, yeah. I mean, really, yeah. wow. And if you think about the fact of where the public was, too, because at this point, Everybody's still praying for a reunion, and there's nothing here that really gives an indication that a reunion is impossible. No one has gone and made a an album completely in Swahili with nothing but you know but maybe, throat singing. But to Rob's point, maybe if he puts out too many people and people get the gist of it, maybe that's... I don't think anybody in the world, if John hadn't... God bless him. Rest his soul. If John hadn't opened his big fat mouth, I don't think anybody in the outside world would have thought that too many people was really about John and Yoko. Well, you know, John's not known for staying quiet. No, of course not. Which is why we love him. You know, but in a way, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, maybe years later, when they made up, you would have known. But would people have thought that too many people going underground would have been about 
John and Yoko necessarily, if that was... Do you think the Beatles... We've said that... What does that even really mean? You took your... You took your lucky break and broke into where the Beatles were John's lucky break? Yeah. It's... In Paul's head... Yeah, too simplistic. I mean, I see where John gets it, and maybe well, there is element. But it's also taking shots, and sometimes when you take shots, it's not about the truth. It's Bad about taking it's about taking shots. Yeah, yeah you know, you Bad took your lucky words. break. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you're gonna do that, was John being overly sensitive about too many people? Yes, he I was don't paranoid know. about everything. He was paranoid about everything. But at the same time, I can see where you know the going underground. But too many reaching for a piece of cake. What does that really mean? Wedding like, cake album. He put out the wedding. Do you really think no, that I'm that was jo- the reference? I mean, and that's I'm what, joking. But you know that's what John was thinking. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I put Maybe. out the wedding album with the cake in it, and that's what she's talking about on that. You know, but I was just kidding. Now I you sort sound of like sound George. like George. Yeah. Was, <laughs> well, George talking for John. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he, I think he was talking about the uh, wedding cake, John. <laughs> Sorry. Beatled. So, Rat bastard. So Beatled. We, lo- we think that. Another Day would have been more like a, a Gallup type of song if the Beatles had done it. I think. A Woman or yeah. Why I can see being a Beatles um, Yeah, I can see A Woman or Why on the yeah. White Album. Like yeah. an old darling. Oh, yeah. darling. But on the White Album, definitely. Uh, my Sweet Lord, do we see it as a Beatles song? No. I mean, Ringo's no. on it. No. Um, no. Isn't it uh, a pity? Is, yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Isn't it a pity it would have made a lovely Instant Beatles karma? song? Yes. Instant yeah. Karma? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. If they had Hey Jude, and then we all shine of, on, man. And yeah. Bukus of Blues would have been the Beatles bringing in session people to do. <laughs> Could, I don't know. I just can't see John and we'll George going along fringe. with that. Although George at that time had had Pete Drake, you know, and, and loved well, Nashville Skyline. And, and the band. And, and well, loved the band. Yeah. So maybe George would have been playing the... Picturing taking the actual single, like Family Guy. Put it on the fringe. And also, you know, there's a cross-pollination, right? Ringo's drumming with John. Ringo is drumming on George. George is playing with Ringo. Drumming on George physically? Yeah, he's, he's using him as Ouch. a... As a yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. On his record. Ouch. And the only one who's, who I'm doesn't see any of this is Paul. Paul is in his own little world. The man the, yep. the man left standing on his own. The one who yep. brings he's the loss. Nice. nice. One who brings the lawsuit does not get played with. Yes, the one who brings the lawsuit does, does not, not get, get played with. with. Wow. Does not get in the sandbox with the other with boys. With the other children. children. So, that's, well, I know that sandbox would be uh, covering them. Yeah, and would, and would take years and years to get, to get unburied out from. Yeah. So on that note, we have looked at each of the individual solo Beatles, their first four singles, where they came from, where they took them to, and some of the follow-ups. And that has been this episode of Fab for Free for All. And uh, I've been your moderator for this episode, Tony Chiguardo. If you want to reach out to us, it's Fab, the number four, free, the number four, all at AOL.com. And I have been joined this week on this exciting program by my good friend. Coochie Coochie. And my other good friend. Rob Leonard. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say a woman or why. Yeah, do a B-side. Come on. All right, I'm Mitch Axelrod. <laughs> a woman or why. And I'm... Uh, wait, wait, see, I say I'm Mitchell Axelrod. Then he goes, a woman or why. And I'm, isn't it a pity? So we'll see you all. Lord knows. <laughs> see you all next week. My sweet Lord.